0: Amen, fellas. Thank you very much. That was a great hymn that you sang together. Well, this is an important message for you, and I'm so very happy that you tuned in and that you're part of the service today. Now, I want to begin by just sort of making a reference to worldwide sports. Many people are fans of professional sports And one particular website entitled SportyTel.com decided that they would rank the 10 most uh, popular professional sports games played throughout the world. According to the number of worldwide fans, that was the criteria they used in order to determine the top 10 professional sports. Now this list does not mention all of the different professional sports in the world. And, um, simply because they have less than a certain number of worldwide fans. And I'll tell you the, the first number that we're going to be beginning with is 450 million. And so I like darts, but there are not 450 million fans of darts in the world. And so darts didn't make the list here. Now, when you're sitting there at home watching this, I'm going to show you the list. Try to guess, if you can, what you think the top three professional sports in the world are ranked according to the number of fans. See if you can guess what the top three are. We're going to start at the 10th and work our way to the to the first, all right? This should be fun. And so, uh, got the uh, PowerPoint up there. All right. The 10th most popular professional sport in the world is... Golf, golf. And apparently it has 450 million fans. And so there's the baseline right there. Number nine is rugby. Rugby is a brutal sport. They say there are no winners, just survivors. It's a wild game, rugby, but they have 475 million fans throughout the world. Number eight is baseball, baseball. And baseball has 500 million fans. Now, now don't click the button yet, but you're out there in your home and you're looking at golf and rugby and, and, and baseball. And what do you suppose the next one could possibly be? What do you think it is? Hold that thought for a minute because the seventh most popular sport in the world is basketball, basketball. Yes. Yes. They have 825 million fans worldwide. Now this next one may shock you. It did me. I didn't think there were this many fans, but the number six uh, loved worldwide professional sport is table tennis with 875 million fans. That's 50 more million fans than basketball. And that was a shock to me. When I was a a young fella, table tennis was my game of choice and I got reasonable in it. Nowhere near what I wish I could have been, but I enjoyed the game, table tennis. Now, the fifth most worldwide loved and watched sport after table tennis is volleyball. Volleyball has 900 million fans. Imagine that, 900 million fans. Now, number four. Any ideas? Number four, what do you think it might be? Well, the fourth most watched and loved professional sport in the world is with one billion fans is tennis. Tennis has one billion fans. Imagine that. Now the next one, the next one, maybe some of you are, are guessing because we're down to the last three, right? And I asked if you would try and guess what the top three are. So the the third most loved sport worldwide is hockey hockey with uh two billion fans two billion fans now that includes ball hockey street hockey and ice hockey different types of hockey but uh two billion fans now we're down to the last two uh drum roll please what do you think The number two worldwide. Now I couldn't believe this. I could not believe it when I saw it, but it's apparently it's true. The second most loved worldwide sport is cricket, cricket, cricket of all things, cricket. Apparently over in India, it's huge, huge, bigger than politics. It's huge. Cricket has 2.5 billion fans worldwide. Can you believe it? 2.5 billion fans. And now some of you may have guessed this already. The most watched, most loved worldwide professional sport and people, they it's like a religion to them. They're absolutely in love with it. The first number one is soccer. Yes. Soccer with 4 billion fans. That's over half the world over half the entire world seems to be in love with, with soccer. Isn't that crazy? Well, 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 all right. What every sports fan really wants to see is their team playing to their best of ability. When the team gets out there on the field, the sports fans, they want to see that their team is really putting their heart and soul into it. They're giving it their all the best of their ability. And you know, with everyone doing their, 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 their job in the best possible way, that makes the game exciting. Doesn't it? It really does. It makes it worth their while. Professional teams that keep doing the best they can are usually always in the top of their leagues. But if a team were to turn in a less than best performance. Now, maybe you have a particular sport that you love and you've got a particular team in that sport. And maybe some years they, they do really well and other years. You're just thinking, boy, why don't they just pack it in and go get a real job or something They're, they're not doing the best they can. But when a team turns in less than stellar, less than the best performance, well, it's quite likely they'll never make the final playoffs. Will they? In fact, teams who turn in less than their best tend not to win any trophies at all. Do they? That's kind of sad. In order to be a championship team, all of the team members need to be on board, all aboard and doing their best, the best they can. Now I'd like to give you a couple of pictures here. Here's an example of a team doing their best. And you can see that they're all excited and they're out there on the field and giving it their, their best. Now I want to show you an example of a team that's not doing their best. And we have it for you. There we are. There's a team and uh, something's gone wrong somewhere and they're all animated. And some of them are just smirking off to one side and their hands almost in their pockets doing nothing. So there's an example perhaps of a team not doing their best, but here I'd like to give you a good definition of a team here. It is here. And you can write it on your napkin together. Everyone achieves more T E A M. I thought that was kind of nice. Well, folks, truth is that it's very much the same when it comes to the local church, the local church, because uh, we are a team for the Lord is what we are. Some of, some of us have been on the team for many years. Some of us have been on the team only a matter of months and some are just coming on the team, but everyone on the team is important. Everyone is valued and precious and important. And we're so glad that we have a team for the Lord, but we must all work together. If we're going to win the great blessings and the rewards from God, We have to win. Together we've got to do our best and it's time. Now is the time for us to work together and to start supporting missionaries so that they can go and fulfill the great commission. The missionaries are able to go in our place to places where we can't get to. We can't, I can't get to Ethiopia, but Roman can. And so she's going in our place. You see the idea here now as a team, We have a job to do. And the great commission is the Lord's command for every local Bible believing church to reach the gospel, reach the world with the gospel. This is our goal. This is what we're after. Now our missions conference begins this Wednesday evening at 7 PM. And it's so important that you decide now to be here with us. I'll be here and the others will be here. Will you be here? We need you. If you're part of the team, you need to get on board with us. We need to do this together. Now, some of you may be working. You may be uh, at work. You got a work shift on Wednesday at 7 PM. I can understand that, that you can't be with us. If you're sick or in the hospital, well, I understand that. But if you're not working, if you're not sick, you're healthy, put aside other pastimes, Put aside the TV. Don't be watching the TV come Wednesday at 7 p.m. Tune in and watch and get get on board with us and get the blessing. So it's very important that we start. Now this sermon this morning and the sermon tonight. This morning and this evening. Both sermons are meant to help prepare us. So that we can get the most out of the missions conference this year. And so that we can realize total involvement total involvement by all of our church as a team, because folks, we are a church team. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our loving father, once more, we thank you and praise you and ask for your special blessing. Now over these next few moments that we prepare ourselves to do some of the greatest work ever Lord, over this month of Sundays, we have studied the idea of, of missions from different aspects And now we're zeroing right in the time of the conference is almost upon us. Father God, please prepare every heart, everyone that they would decide in their heart today, that they're going to get on board and that they're not going to be like that picture of uh, a team not doing their best. Some of them just standing like with their hands in their pockets or smirking or holding their tool over their shoulder, but rather that we'd get busy about your business and fix problems and move on ahead for you. Lord, help us all as a church team to be on board today in Jesus name. Amen. Now, my first question that I have for you is, is really this. Do you want to reach your full potential as a believer in Jesus Christ? Is that your desire while you're here on earth? Folks, is it your desire to be the best you can be? Parents usually want their children to be the best they can be. That's a normal parental desire. It's normal for grandparents to want their grandchildren to grow up and to be the best they can be. And our heavenly father has that desire for us to be the best we can be. Now, what is your desire? Some children, when they're in school, they just slack off. They hardly do their homework. They hardly do their assignments. And of course their, their grades are really bad because of it. And then oftentimes mom or dad, often mom has to get in there with the child and sit down at the kitchen table and go over their lessons and give them extra uh, tutelage and extra teaching and extra encouragement over and over. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but the point is, do you want to be the best you can be for the Lord Jesus? Do you want that? Because if you do, then you need to be involved with supporting missions. You need to get involved. It's all on board. It's like they say, they're uh, all aboard. You need to, to get into this with us. We're a team and we need to work together in this. This is very important. Um, But you must make a decision to get on board using that illustration of a train. The conductor will call all aboard when it's time and ready to get on the train, all aboard. And you may be standing there ready to board the train. But it's still your decision. You have to decide that you want to actually get on the train. You don't have to. But if you don't get on the train, you're not going to get to your desired destination. You're going to be standing there uh, on the, uh, the platform. You may go and sit down in one of the, the chairs, but you're not going anywhere. You need to make a decision. And today is the day in your heart that you need to make a decision to get on board. I'm not saying today is the day that you fill out a faith promise card and tell God what it is you want to give him. I'm not saying that because today is not the day for that, but today is the day in your heart to make a decision. Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be all that I can be for you. Today is the day to make that decision. And that's a very important decision. Now, faith promise is not something that we can force people to do. You say, What is faith promise? Faith promise, for those of you who are new, who are not familiar with this term, faith promise is a promise made by faith to God concerning what we will give over the course of the next 12 months to help get the gospel out and around the world. And the faith promise is going to be different for everyone, it's all going to be different just because we are different. We are different one from another. And so as we walk and talk with the Lord, the Lord leads us. And as we follow his leading, we'll know what God would have us do. And this is only done by faith. And then we make a promise to the Lord. And then in a week's time, we're going to put in our faith promise card. And I'll tell you more about that later. But faith promise is not something that we force people to do. Because it's all voluntary. It's all voluntary. It's up to you if you're going to do it or not. But I'll tell you, there's great blessings in it. If you do, if you've never done faith promise before you're in for a big treat, because there's blessings from God that come as a direct result of it. The only thing that, that I can do as, as your pastor is I can encourage you to get on board I can encourage you. I can pray for you. I can give you uh, uh, Bible based uh, messages and sermons and teaching, and I can give you invitations to do so. Now it seems to me, I have been around in, in the ministry now about 40 years. I've been a pastor about 40 years, and I've seen a lot over those years in different churches. And I've been to many different churches and met a lot of Christians and a lot of pastors over the years. And it seems to me that many Bible believing churches never seem to reach their full potential with the gospel, even though they've been around for a number of years. And even though they may have grown actually large, you say, why is that? Well, I think there may be at least seven reasons for this. And I want to briefly go through this with you now. And so I want to list them for you. The first reason I think why um, the churches don't seem to be reaching their full potential is because new members are not being taught, not being taught what faith promise missions is all about. So they're not being taught uh, this important truth. Now this may be true also of um, um, uh, people who are new to the church Perhaps you're, you've only been here a a few weeks or a a few months. And and this is new. Maybe the church that you came from didn't have much of an emphasis at all on missions or faith promise missions. And so to correct this, we have a missions conference every year and in the conference and it starts Wednesday and it's going to finish on Sunday But during the conference, we give a lot of teaching and a lot of encouragement as to what it's all about. And that's why it's very important for all the Christians, the new ones, especially to be part of the faith promise. Now this is perhaps the first reason why many churches never seem to reach their full potential because the members, the people are not being taught about faith promise. Now, the second reason um, might be because there's carnally minded people Carnally minded, that means worldly minded rather than spiritually minded. And this will certainly stunt spiritual growth is um, being carnally minded when things are um, sort of more worldly. See, the, the more of the world you add into a Christian's heart and mind, the less time and room and space there will be for the spiritual things. And that's why the Bible teaches us things like to abide in Jesus all the time and to fill our minds. Whatsoever things are pure and good and just in Philippians four, eight, we're to fill our minds with these things. And in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, there's the transformation of our mind. And so our mind is very important and to be carnally minded, to be carnally minded is not going to be good for you. And it won't be good for your family, your children, or your friends but it won't be good for you. You need to be spiritually minded. And this is one of the reasons why uh, churches don't reach their full potential is because the people in the church tend to be more carnally minded. And so this is something to think about and take to heart. Number three, the third reason, and it perhaps follows the second one, but it's being backslidden, backslidden. Now I think that that is the end result of having a carnal mind, really being backslidden. And uh, it seems that uh, every Bible believing church is going to have some backslidden people in them. Grace Baptist church, I think is a wonderful church. I'm so glad to be part of it. I'm proud of it. I'm so thankful to God for grace Baptist church, but we also have backslidden people in our church. There is no such thing as a perfect church. Just like there's no such thing as a perfect family. There's no perfect business. There's, There's there's nothing seems to be perfect on earth and the church is made up of people. And so being backslidden will certainly quench all desire to be involved with missions and will quench the desire to be everything that God wants you to be. And you need to carefully examine your heart and ask the Lord, Lord, am I backslidden? Am I not living for you properly? Now that's an important question and it's a good one, but I must move on. Uh, Reason number four is simply a lack of faith, a lack of faith. Some Christians think that they, they can't afford, they can't afford to give. They look at their money coming in and they say, I only have so much and that is not very much. And I can't afford to give to the Lord. But folks, listen, it's not our strength. It's not our power. It's the Lord's power. It's his strength. That's what faith promise is all about. He will lead you to give a certain amount. And then he will make sure you have that certain amount to give. It's his power through you. And it must be done by faith to look in your wallet and say, well, I think I'll give a dollar. You say, why? Because that's what's in my wallet. That's not faith. That's giving by sight. That's giving by human reasoning. You need to go to God And you need to wait upon God until you get God's answer, what God wants you to do. And this is what faith is all about. Uh, The fifth reason is some people think that the amount that they have to give is actually too small and it won't make any difference at all. All that I could give is just very little folks. I'll have, you know, that little is much when God is in it. So don't worry about whether the amount is big or small. You just do what God wants you to do. Number six, the sixth reason is people may be moving away soon. Well, I'm not going to be here for more than uh, three months, six months or something. So there's no sense in me being part, but for now, remember for now, the church is still your home, isn't it? For now it is. It may not be in six months. Maybe you'll be moved someplace else and you'll have to find a new church to attend. But for right now, It's still your church. And so you can give, you can give. And it's very easy to set up your monthly or weekly pledges and you can give for a year. Say, well, what happens then when I move away? Very simple. You just finish up, keep giving for until the end of the year. What some people do is they do it all in one check and they just get it over with like that. But just because you may be moving in six months does not mean you shouldn't be part because you ought to imagine if your job was such that you had to move every six months, every six months, every six months you moved. Well, using this thinking, I can't give because I'm moving in six months. You'd never, ever be part of faith promise. And so get started today. The seventh and the last reason that I want to suggest to you, uh, why that uh, some churches and some Christians never reach their full potential is simply because they're not really a Christian. They're not really saved. They're not born again. They're just an imitation. They've never truly repented of sin in their heart. Now, this is actually the reason why a lot of people will come and go from churches and they'll try this church for a while and try that church for a while and maybe try another church and then not go at all for a while and maybe start going again is because in their heart, they've never been born again. They don't really know the savior intimately Oh, they know about him, but they've never yet met Jesus. And that can only happen in salvation. And folks, if you're watching today and you've never actually been born again, then why not now? Don't put it off. Not even a day. Come to Jesus. Now come to Jesus today. Repent of your sins and trust in him as your savior to take you to heaven. So you won't end up in hell one day. Now, what about our church? What about Grace Baptist church? Let's talk about us. Have we reached our full potential as a church? Well, as the pastor, I think that I'm qualified to give a reasonable answer on that question. And I believe a reasonable answer is no, we're not there yet. Folks. We're working on it and I think we're getting there, but no, as of today, I don't believe we've reached our full potential. Potential. Now you say, well, why is that? Why haven't we reached our full potential? Well, a couple of reasons too. I'll give you three of them. Number one, we're still growing. We're still growing. God is growing Grace Baptist church. And as we grow, that means that there's more potential there. And so new believers New Christians, we all need to learn the principles of faith promise. We all need to get on board. Number two, some of us are struggling with sin. I keep my ear to the track, as they say. And I, I try to, to know where all of the church people are at, where they're doing spiritually. That's, that's my job as a pastor, is to look after people spiritually. And I believe that some of our people are struggling with sin And with some bad habits and I'm not condemning them for that. That, That's not my job. My job is to try and encourage them to keep abiding in Jesus and walking with Jesus and keep short accounts with sin. But some of our people are still struggling with sin and sometimes they fall off the bandwagon. And so this limits our ability to reach our full potential. And number three is that uh, we're still growing in faith. We haven't finished growing spiritually. And as we grow, because we're supposed to be stronger, deeper, better this year than we were last year. We're supposed to be growing every year in our Christian faith. And as we grow, that opens up further doors and possibilities and avenues and more potential there. And so, no, we haven't quite reached our full potential, but I do believe if we keep at it, If we keep doing what we're doing, we stand a good chance of reaching our full potential before Jesus comes back. Now, here's something that happened to my wife and I just about a week ago. Um, We were in the car and we were noticing that our gas gauge seemed to be falling faster And as we are driving along, we said, look at that, look at that. And the gas gauge was falling. And I was thinking that we had a hole in the gas tank and that we were leaving a big trail of gas down the road, but we weren't, there was no hole in the gas tank. What it turned out was that the engine had some problems. The engine was not reaching its full potential. And therefore one of the things that suffered, and I guess the first thing that we noticed was the gas mileage. Usually we could get 400 to 450 kilometers out of a tank of gas, but we were getting maybe 300 kilometers out of a tank of gas. Now that, that, that's sad news in the white house. That's sad news because that, you know, gas is expensive. And so I did a bunch of looking under the hood and I got one of those little plug in, OBD readers and it told me I had several problems and I was able to change one of the parts under the hood with the engine and that fixed some of the problem. And so our gas mileage has come up, but we have not yet reached our full potential with our gas mileage. I have to get my car into the mechanic and I have to see if he can do the last repair that I can't do. But anyhow, that's just an illustration of reaching full potential and think of it. If you're not reaching your full potential, then you're burning through resources. You're burning through gas and you're burning through your life. You're burning through the one thing you can never, ever get back. You can get money back. You can even get health back. You can get friends back. You can get possessions back, but you can't get time back. Can you? No, it's gone. Yesterday's gone. You can't get that back. And if you're not reaching your full potential, you're burning through your life. You're burning through time. That's far more expensive than gas far, far more costly. Something to be weeped over, wept over, cried over. I'll get it. But you understand what I'm saying. Don't, don't waste your life. That's what I'm saying. Don't waste the precious gift. God's given you make full use, full potential. Now, as a, individual Christian, you really can reach your full potential for Christ. But as a church full of people, well, the only way we'll know if we reach our full potential is if we have a hundred percent participation in faith promise. That's the only way we'll know if we have a hundred percent participation in faith promise and that the money keeps coming in last year, our faith promise was $167,000 that we had written on cards. It it added up to $167,000 within 12 months that we were going to give to missions. You say, what happened? About 142,000 came in. That means 25,000 never came in. You say, why? Oh, I'm sure there's a number of reasons for it, but the bottom line is it never came in. It was pledged. It was promised to God and it never showed up. The only way we'll know as a church, if we're reaching our full potential is if we have hundred percent participation in faith promise. And if the money follows, you see, but what is the ultimate purpose for this missions conference? Is it, is it all about raising money? No, it's not. If that's all you think, if that's all you see, then you have missed the ultimate purpose of the faith promise conference. You've got your Bible open, please. At second Corinthians chapter 10, please look now with me at verse 16. Look at this, please. I want, I want you to see it. Paul writes to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Notice that. And not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. And so what we have here is we have the idea, the purpose of the faith promise conference, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's all about. It's so that we can get the gospel out there. That is the ultimate purpose so that we can support missionaries who can go in our place and take the gospel of Jesus Christ further and further to places where we could never get to. This is the whole idea to regions beyond regions beyond always going, always pressing to take the gospel further. This was Paul's mission in heart. He was a missionary, you know, and he was sent from the church at Antioch and the apostle Paul went throughout the then known world. And he was a trailblazer for the Lord Jesus. He wasn't interested in building on other men's ministries. And that's what he meant when he said uh, about boasting another, another man's line of things made ready to our hand. He, he didn't want to just take over a church and just be content to stay there. He, his heart was to take the gospel to where people had never gone before regions beyond. And so he kept pressing onward and upward to reach his full potential for Jesus Christ. And by the way, did you know that Jesus himself was a missionary? Yes, he was. Jesus came to preach salvation and to reach his full potential as well. I'll read for you. Luke chapter 4:43. Jesus said, he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. And so aside from the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul may be the best missionary that we could ever point to. He was certainly sold out. I'll tell you something. If he was alive today, we'd support him. I'd make sure we'd support him. If this church refused to support him, I would personally support him. I think he was one of the best, but how did Paul become a missionary? I think it started right back on the day he got saved. You see, he wasn't trying to become a missionary. He was on his way to a city with a couple of other Jewish guards. They were on horseback and uh, they were, uh, they were going to arrest certain ones who proclaimed the name of Jesus. And while he was going there, the Lord Jesus met him on this road and the, the great light, Acts chapter nine struck him down off the horse. And in verse six, Paul Paul was trembling and astonished, and he said, "Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do?" That's what Paul prayed. That's what he said to Jesus, "Lord, what wilt Thou have me to do?" <clears throat> he wanted his life to count. He didn't want to just fritter away his life. He didn't want to burn through the the, the days, and months, and years of his life doing nothing. He wanted his life to count. He wanted to get on board with the Lord Jesus. He wanted to do something wonderful. He wanted to reach his full potential for Christ. And that's why he prayed, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Now I asked you a question at the beginning of the message. Do you want to reach your full potential? Well, I'm going to ask you another question now. Would you pray today in your heart, Lord, what would thou have me to do? What do you want me to do Lord? If you desire that your life count for Jesus Christ, would you pray that in your heart? Lord, what do you want me to do? And that is an important prayer in order for us to reach our full potential. We have to pray like that. The churches of the new Testament, they also prayed and they also pressed onward to reach their full potential in supporting gospel preaching missionaries and i want to stress this point to you today it is still the church's mission today jesus told us what to do in matthew chapter 28 19 and 20 he told us about going and teaching all nations and baptizing them and then teaching them to observe all things in other words the repetition of this and also in acts chapter 1 verse 8 that we're to be witnesses unto him to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. It's still being fulfilled today by New Testament churches, Bible-believing churches, local churches, sending out missionaries and supporting missionaries with finances. We are pressing on, folks, to regions beyond. Dr. Oswald J. Smith was a tremendous man of God. He wanted to be a missionary, but wasn't able to for various reasons. Including his health. And so we decided, well, if I can't be a missionary, then I'm going to do my best to send missionaries. I'm going to do everything in my power to promote missions. Oswald Smith was born in 19, uh, sorry, 1889. He was born in 1889. He died in 1986. And in Toronto, the city of Toronto, Canada, he started the People's Church, the People's Church of Toronto. And Dr. Smith used to say these words, why should the unsaved people of Canada hear the gospel two and three times while others in the world have never even heard it once. Wow. Those are penetrating words. Dr. Smith was pressing to regions beyond is what he was doing. People credit Dr. Smith as the one who, sort of pioneered faith promise giving for the churches. And God has used it over the years to do incredible things. This is what it's all about folks. It's all about full potential in order for missionaries to do their job, in order for them to reach their full potential for the Lord and to reach lost tribes of people and lost civilizations of people and lost cities of people. They need their needs looked after certain needs and that those needs include prayer and they include money. And that's how God uses churches just like ours, Grace Baptist Church. Someone might be wondering: well, what do the missionaries use the money for? Now that's actually a good question. What do the missionaries use the money for? Well, they use the money to get to the field of their calling. Uh, for example, our dear sister Roman, we're helping support her, and she'll be using there's some of this money to get to the field of Ethiopia. The missionaries need to get to the field where God has called them and they need to live there. So that means they'll need to be buying food and rent an apartment or rent a house or something. And then to get their ministry started, to get a church started, they need to rent a building and they need to purchase seating and materials and hymn books and supplies in order to minister to the people there. And there's various other things they need. And then after this, after the church is established, then what they need to do is repeat this and move deeper into the nation and carry the gospel message to regions beyond. And it's for these purposes of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to spread it further and further so that every lost soul has an opportunity to hear it and understand and be saved that's what the gospel's all about. That's what missions is all about. That's what Faith Promise Missions Conference is all about. Now, this brings up the question someone might be wondering well, how far are we to take the message of salvation? How far are we to spread it? And the answer can be seen in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. And uh, we'll put that up there for you now. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 answers this question. And he said unto them, go ye into notice these three words, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so, as you can see from Mark chapter 16, the limit here is all the people of the earth everywhere. There's something like 7.8 billion people in the world today. Well, everyone needs a chance to hear everyone needs to learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore we as a church, we have God's ordained authority and responsibility. And he's given this to all of his local churches. We have this authority and responsibility to send missionaries and support missionaries everywhere throughout the world everywhere where there's people. That's where we want to send missionaries to. And this is the ultimate purpose of the faith promise missions conference that starts on Wednesday. It's for everyone in our church to reach his or her full potential as it concerns the gospel of Jesus Christ, because you have a responsibility to get that gospel into all the world. How are you going to do it? you have to reach your full potential and you're going to need the help of missionaries. And that's why you need to be part of the faith promise missions conference. It starts this Wednesday at 7 PM. Now, let me hear you say that this Wednesday, say Wednesday. Okay. Some of you said it. Some of you didn't. I know. I know Wednesday, 7 PM. Say that 7 PM. Got it. All right. Now, how many are going to be here? Raise your hand. If you're going to be here, All right. I'm seeing a few hands. I am. There's another one just went up, but a few hands didn't go up. It's not just me. The Lord is what see who sees the hands. He sees the hands. I really hope you will do everything you can unless you're working or unless you're physically not able. You're sick. You're in the hospital or something. Maybe you work some kind of wild shift work. And there's no way you can survive unless you are sleeping those hours. Well, I understand, but these will be recorded and you can watch it later. You can always watch it later for those who are working. And for those who may be sick, you can watch it later, but for everyone else, I need you here. I need you here with me. We need to do this together. We're a team folks. Remember that. And we want to reach our full potential for the Lord because all of heaven is watching seeing what our team is going to do. Other churches are other teams. We have no control over them. Only ourselves and Jesus and all of heaven is eagerly watching what team grace Baptist church will do with the gospel this year. Are we going to win or are we going to sit back and fumble? Oh, let's be winners folks. Let's be more than overcomers, more than conquerors. huh? It's not what we can do. It's what he can do through us. Don't ever forget that very important. Well, something else that our church has done to help reach our full potential is that eight years ago, we started a full time Bible college within our church. Why did we do that? We did that so we can train missionaries and church planters and pastors and teachers so that we can reach the world with the gospel. Now I have a picture for you. I want you to look here now at the Canada missions map. This is a wall of our church and you can see that there are uh, many picture frames in there and all, but just a few have faces in them. These are the people that we support missionaries that we support in Canada. This is our country. If you look carefully at the, the map, you'll see these little uh, um, little sort of squares and they've got a white maple leaf in them. And each one of those represents a city that we have a missionary in. And as you can see, we've got missionaries from coast to coast. It's not very many missionaries. We do need a whole lot more missionaries uh, than what we have in Canada. And, and by the way, I believe that Canada is a wide open mission field. It's wide open folks. And it's wide open for new churches that can, that can start right here in Canada and that they, they can help support missionaries so that we can send out more missionaries all over the world. But Canada is not the beginning and the ending of the mission field. It's only one piece of the mission field. The mission field is far more than just Canada. Canada. And I have another picture I want to put up and show you. This is the other wall. This is the whole rest of the world. Now you can't see all of the faces of all of the missionaries there, but there's a lot of them there that we already support, but that's a drop in the bucket compared to what we need in the world. There's over 200 countries in the world today. If each country had only one missionary, we would need Over 200 missionaries just to be able to put one missionary in each country. But Canada's a country, 35 million people, needs more than one missionary. So, as you can see, there's a lot of room for growth here. This gets pretty exciting when we start to look at it here. But it's a job really that requires full potential. Did you hear me? I said full potential. Every Christian at grace Baptist church needs to reach his or her full potential parents. I encourage you to help your children get involved with faith promise. If they have some allowance or some money they get for doing jobs, teach them to give a small portion of that towards supporting missions. If they have no money, you give them the money so that they can give it. You say, what's the sense in that? Because that's what our heavenly father does for us. God tells us to give a certain amount of money and we may say, I don't have the money. God says, I'll give it to you. And so God gives us a raise at work. God sees to it. We get an inheritance. God sees to it. That money comes our way so that we having all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. So get your children involved with faith promise. It's very important. Full potential for grace Baptist church, full potential for every Christian man, woman, young person involved within our church. Remember we are a team. And again, I ask you that very first question. Do you want to reach your full potential as a Christian for the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you want to reach your full potential? Now, sadly, there may be a Christian in our church who would fold his or her arms and say, no, I do not want to reach my full potential for Jesus Christ. We can't force you. We can't make you, but we feel sorry for you because you're the one missing out. And if you happen to be a parent, a mom, a dad or something, your kids are going to miss out too on the blessing. Usually our lives touch other people. Have you noticed that? Oh, listen, all I can do is encourage you today but I want to announce, get on board. Now's the time. The train is about to leave. The conductor is calling all aboard, all aboard. And I want you to be on board with us. I want you to be on board with me. I'm a huge believer and a huge supporter of faith promise. I don't know what anyone else gives in faith promise. I just know what I give. And I don't believe that I am the biggest giver in faith promise because I don't have the biggest income by the way. You don't need the biggest income either, but I do believe that I'm a big giver in it. I'm not begging you for money. I'm begging you to give along with me so that we can reach our full potential and we can see great things happen for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his glory. So I'm asking you, you, Do you have a desire? Do you want to be the best you can for the Lord Jesus? And if the answer is yes, then you need to get on board with faith promise. You need to get on board and oh, beloved, the blessings that God gives. He knows how to look after his children. You start looking after God's heroes, the missionaries, and God is very pleased with you and God will open the windows of heaven for you. My second question, would you pray, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Me, Lord, what do you want me to do? Would you pray like that? I think that's very important. I think it's very important prayer. If you want to reach your full potential for the Lord. Now, in one week's time, we are going to be mailing out. We have to do it online this year. Up until this year, for all these years, we've had to, we, we've used these little cards, but this year we're going to have to do it electronically. And so we've we figured it out. We we have a way, a, a good way, a good method for everyone to be able to give anonymously, to put in their faith promise card. Now put that picture up, would you please, Ellis? Thank you. You're looking at a copy of what we are going to send you in one week's time. You're going to get this, my faith promise, and. Uh, there's a little bit of um, explanation, but you'll be able to click off if you want to give every week or every two weeks, that's biweekly or every month, or if you want to do a one-time offering for the whole year and then the amount you want to give and you can't see it all there. There's more to it. We can't scroll down. This is just a picture, but you can check off one of those amounts or you can type in another amount. You'll be able to fill that in and and send it in electronically and it'll come in anonymously. We won't know who put in what now it's the honor system and what you put in. We're expecting that you'll keep your promise, your vow to God. And please don't, um, don't let the children sit behind the computer on their own. They'll type in a million dollars a week or some outrageous amount, but mom, dad, you'd be right there with them and you help them to make a good intelligent faith promise, but you'll be getting that in about a week's time. And so you can reach your full potential for the Lord Jesus Christ as it concerns the gospel. And I want to remind you that even a small vegetable garden, even a small one, if it's properly managed, it'll produce all of the vegetables you could ever want. If you do it right. We've been doing this for a lot of years. We know what we're doing. We know how to manage the vegetable garden. So get on board with us. Would you get on board? Start today and pray in your heart. Lord, I want to reach my full potential. So what do you want me to do? I want you to commit yourself to coming being just sit down in your living room then and and turn on the internet and tune in this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thursday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 4 o'clock p.m., and then next Sunday morning and evening. Our guest speaker is Jake Friesen. He's got six different messages for us. We, We will be meeting five missionaries. We're going to be bringing them in via the Internet as well. There's going to be some singing and some other things as well, but you will be blessed. You will, but you need to decide right now in your heart. And so let's bow our heads together and let's close our eyes right where you are in your home, bow your head, close your eyes, please, because we're going to pray.